1: If an important game with playoff implications falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Now, this philosophical question was posed in St. Petersburg, Florida, Monday night. An announced crowd of 8,779, smallest to see a Red Sox game in 19 years. They saw the Rays nudge ahead of Cleveland in the race for the second AL wildcard spot. They saw Mookie Betts make a ridiculous throw from right field. They saw a Yulis Chassis no hit bid crater in volatile fashion. And they saw the Red Sox lose to Tampa Bay 7-4. Yes, with James Brown playing in the background here in Tampa St. Pete, let's bring in our own music instead. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Sox
0: podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox. Oh, it's your and here's your host,
1: James Brown proclaims it to be so good. Uh, not so much for the Red Sox, unfortunately, Monday night. They drop one and they are now 81 and 75. The outside possibility exists. This could be merely a 500 team. Ugh. Jump back. Kiss yourself. Josh Lewin, will take you through the next uh, dozen or so minutes here. We'll hear from Alex Cora eventually. Uh, a couple things. First of all, if, I don't think it's going to get to 81 and 81. That's silly. But uh, there's only been one 500 Red Sox team in the last 50 years. That was 1985. That's the year that uh, Dwight Evans led the team with 22 home runs. And the Rem Dog actually had the best batting average that year at 307. One 10-game winner that year. It was Bob Stanley out of the bullpen. And Mark Clear led in saves with nine hasn't been quite that kind of a year, but it hasn't been great either. And the 7-4 loss on Monday, I guess, reminded us of that. It was right after a 7-4 win on Sunday afternoon. So just real quick on the crowd, uh, not even 8,800. Mentioned that uh, the last crowd that small to see a Red Sox game, other than spring training, was back in July of 2000. It was the day after the 4th of July, midweek in Minneapolis, the old Metrodome. John Wazden won in relief of Jeff Fasero in that game. If you're scoring at home, and I'm just looking at the box score now, every Red Sox player had a hit in an 11-8 win. Offerman, Fry, Everett, Garcia, Para, Burkhart, O'Leary, Gilkey, Sprague, Hattaberg. Hattaberg had a three-run home run in that game as they beat the Twins in front of 8,000. And uh, Mark Redman, the losing pitcher, I, I remember him, the old Oklahoma Sooner. But we're getting way off the, the path here. This game was Boston 4, Tampa Bay nothing for a while. They got to Blake Snell, although actually Blake Snell got to himself. This was tough to watch. There were 47 pitches total in this game before a ball was put in play. It took 28 minutes, we figured out. Absolutely remarkable, kind of sickening, really. It was just strikeouts and walks. And finally, Travis Darno of the Rays hit a little chip shot in the right field for a flyout, but that was at the 28-minute mark. Red Sox got going with an RBI double from Marco Hernandez in the second inning off of Snell. Then he would finally be done after an inning and two-thirds of three-walk, two-hit baseball. Hernandez had an RBI hit against Blake Snell just about uh, two, three months ago. That's the only other run that Snell had allowed against the Red Sox all year. So one nothing became 2 nothing in the third. It was a Jackie Bradley Jr. RBI double. Jackie ended up with a three-hit game, by the way. It got to 4 nothing in the fourth inning with two out. Hernandez a walk, only his third all year. Something that the Red Sox are really trying to get him to embrace is he got to take some pitches, and he did. He walked to set up Mookie Betts with a base hit to center field. Devers' RBI single into right. RBI number 113 for Rafi, and he goes barely ahead of Cody Bellinger now for total bases as well. He's one ahead in the Major League Derby for that. I don't think he got a trophy, but just, you know, whatever. JD Martinez follows with an RBI single, and that's a big one. That's 100 runs batted in right on the button. His batting average stays above 300. That's a top 10 batting average in the American League. 35 homers and 100 runs batted in back to back seasons. Not too many Red Sox have ever done that. The list is Ortiz. Ramirez, Mo Vaughn, Tony Armas, Jim Rice, Yaz, Ted Williams, and Jimmy Fox. That's a really nice list to be on. So 4-0, bottom of the fourth, and Chassin working on a no-hitter. But you just kind of had the vague sense that this was fool's gold, and that at some point they would get to Chassin. If Berman was here, we could do the nickname. Nobody knows the trouble, Chassin. And uh, the troubles would stack up pretty quickly. Austin Meadows rifled a base hit into right. Then on 0-2, Travis Darno with a base hit to right field, set it up for G-Man Choi, who's been hurting the Red Sox all year, and he launched one right near the Touch Tank Aquarium in right center. Three-run home run, you got a 4-3 ball game, and that woke up. The crowd announced at 8,779. After a bounce out, Brandon Lau destroyed one, 441 feet to right field, his 17th of the year after Choi had hit his 17th of the year, so you got a 4-4 game. Kevin Kiermaier then hit by a pitch from Bobby Pointer. Then Willie Adamas, who has really become their engine, kind of their Francisco Lindor or Xander Bogarts. He hits a two-run home run back into the way back bleachers in left, in the very back row, and that one measured at 4 9 We thought it was a little longer, but whatever. Adamas to make it 6-4, six a six-run bottom of the fourth inning, and they would end up adding another run. Obviously, El Garcia doubling to right, but... That's not the big thing about that play. When he doubled and uh, G-Man Choi scored, he figured he going to run on Mookie Betts, go from second to third. Everybody in the ballpark shrugged and said, yeah, makes perfect sense to us too. Nobody saw what was coming next. Uh, 305 feet on the line from Mookie Betts deep in the right field corner, right near the foul pole. It measured out at 32 feet high, this throw on its apex. Took 3.3 seconds to get there without a bounce. It arrived right around cap level of Rafael Devers, who seemed startled, but he grabbed it, put the ball down on a wide-eyed Garcia. The throw of the year, no question about it, and certainly the highlight of the night for the Red Sox. Shasim, unfortunately, by giving up those runs, his career ERA now goes from 3.997 to 4.002. So he is pretty much entrenched as a guy with an ERA in the fours. That He had some shutout innings he's lamar hoyt he's got a 3.99 and he can just sit on that for the rest of his life ted power did not do that if you remember ted power former cincinnati red his last effort in the big leagues he went from 3994 to 3996 you got to round up so forever ted power is known as a guy with an era in the fours unfortunately dustin pedroia has the same kind of dynamic right now dustin remember tried to get his way back and play ball this year And when it didn't go well, he fell from a career 300 batting average on the button to 2993. So unless he gets back at it and, say, goes two for two, he misses out on being a career 300 hitter by literally two hits. If you remember Carl Farillo, or if your dad does, old-timer, old old dodger, he ended up at 29947, and you're not allowed to round up. He was literally one hit away in a 16-year career from being a 300 hitter and unfortunately 29947 joe castiglione's asking me a question what joe the redding Redding rifle rifle. yeah see joe Joe josey knows so uh if the laser show is going to meet up with the redding rifle that's kind of sad at that point by the way uh, albert pujols now is at 2992 so he's starting to fade towards not being a 300 hitter as well just putting that out there for you Seven runs, eight hits, no errors for Tampa Bay. Four, ten, and 0 for the Red Sox. Let's hear from Alex Cora, who spoke to the media after the game.
0: He was a good pitch to Meadows, and uh, you know, we have one out. I think It was Darnell with two with two strikes. You know, we go with the fastball, and he still is a sinker down and in. He misfires, and he gets a single, and then after that, you know, it just happened fast. You know, uh, hanging breaking ball, uh, hits it out of the ballpark, and then a fastball down and. The but I mean the first few innings were good. Um, I don't know if he kinda like hit the wall, you know, he hasn't been extended. Uh, but uh we felt like the stuff was good and we were shooting for four. It just it didn't happen. Where did you rank that throw by Buki like... <laughs> It was a good one. Uh uh I took Garcia kinda like running second and he had the ball already. It seems like the intention was to, to do that, you know, you could see it. And uh I mean never seen a throw from that far right on the money, you know, it was, it was a good one. Watching it develop Alex, did you think there was any chance he would have Uh, I don't know, because Garcia kind of hesitated uh, around first, you know, like he, he wasn't going to full speed and Mookie got to the ball quick, so, you know, he was like, this one, it was kind of like Jaggy last year, I forget where, it was Minnesota, I think it was. Right. Oh, like you look and like no way, you know. Like, he, is he actually thinking this? And yeah, he, he thought about it and you know, it'd be all over the highlights, uh, you know, this whole week for it to stay in the air that didn't even bounce. Though. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not the perfect throw, but uh, the fact that he, he threw it over there, I don't know what was the velocity of it, it can't be 95, you know, but uh, uh, he says that he has a good jump shot, I guess, you know, so he. He put it right on the money. He so said it was a 305 foot throw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was impressive. With a few days left, what can you accomplish yet this week with this ball? Us, uh, take care of players and play hard, you know, just like we did here. You know, uh, I mean, it was a great series, two extra inning games. So today, one bad inning. So, you know, I like the fact that we're going out there competing and, and, you know, um, putting good at-bats and be relentless, you know. Um, we had first and third, you know, with no outs uh, in, in the last inning against one of the best closers in the game. So, you know, I do feel, you know, we, we're playing through uh, until the finish line, and that's what you want, you know. This is your job, and uh, we don't owe it to anybody, only the fans, you know, and uh, we're doing a good job of it. Alex, if the Rays get in the playoffs, that'd be interesting they have a good team. We talked about it last year. Um, you know, last year they finished strong, and there were a lot of positives. Um, you know, all the teams that are in the hunt are pretty good. You know, the Indians, you know, They have the strength with pitch uh, with the starting rotation. The A's are getting healthy. You know, pitching wise, so it'll be interesting. You know, um, again, New York, I think it is. You know, that, well, I know it is. You know, for two days, and uh, I don't know where they go after that. But you uh, it seems like they're getting healthy at the right time too. You know, Glass now and. and Snail, Charlie's done the ball well, so so it's a complete team. You know um, they have a good bullpen, and, and uh, obviously you know, um, they've been playing solid the whole time.
1: All right, there is the manager. Thank you to Alex Cora, who does have Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound now on Tuesday in Arlington, Texas, and this becomes a story now. Erod's got two shots to get to 20 wins. He'll have this one, and then one against the Orioles, his old organization back at Fenway. There are four players on the Red Sox this year who have overachieved. Erod is one of them. Devers, Vasquez, and Workman. That's really the whole list. And Eddie has been on point all year, saying, I just want 200 innings, and it's K sera, sera after that. He's at 191 and a third. So if he goes even seven innings, which I think is very realistic in Arlington despite the heat, now he's going to be right there, get that 19th win. His teammates will have to help him out on that part. And that would really be a, a capper if, if we can look towards a 20-win, 200-inning season for Eduardo Rodriguez. Ariel Jurado will oppose for Texas, managed by Chris Woodward, who, by all accounts, has done a very nice job. They originally had 14 candidates for that gig, replacing Jeff Bannister as the 19th manager in Rangers history, the first of whom was Ted Williams. Whitey Herzog was uh, a manager for the Rangers at one point, and he got, he got the gate. The 1973 edition of the Rangers was 57-105. and 105. Whitey was around for the first 91 of those losses, and then dismissed by owner Bob Short, who pointed to the artistic state of the Rangers, is what he called it. At the press conference, the legendary writer Harold McKinney shouted, artistic state of the Rangers. Whitey's not the one who rounded up Rico Cardi and Mike Epstein to be the heart of the batting order. But uh, Whitey's firing paved the way for Billy Martin's arrival. He had just been fired by the Tigers and two of the more interesting managers ever to pass through. And, by the way, this is the last time the Red Sox will pass through this particular ballpark. And they are going to be moving into a brand-new, across-the-seat, state-of-the-art, domed facility, or at least a sliding roof facility. And the ballpark in Arlington, Globe Life Stadium as it's called now, tremendous curb appeal, if nothing else. If you approach the stadium from I-30 and come upon it along Ballpark Way, it sits upon this green hill with those towers looming over it like Valhalla. It's got a regal look to it with all the red brick all the porticos, and uh, just a really fun place to watch a game. And they had some fun in that ballpark. They went to the World Series twice and the playoffs five times between 2010 and 2016. But now the caterer has arrived with the bill. It's very similar to what the Phillies went through after their run in the National League not too long ago. But, you know, in 2014, it was assumed they had bottomed out with only 67 wins. By 2016, they were back up to 95 and in the playoffs. But by last year... They were back to 67 again, and this year they'll probably end up around 75 or 76. So one last chance to go back there, see the Nolan Ryan statue. We'll talk a lot about him. I know he wasn't drafted or developed by the Rangers. He arrived as a finished product, and and almost every moderate pitching success story they've ever had, and they've never had a Cy Young Award winner, keep in mind, they were all pretty much imported. Every so often, a Kenny Rogers or Kevin Brown would break through, but they're they're. First-round supposed studs and saviors the last 20 years. They they never had a single breakout hit-receiving airplay, so to speak. So they do a lot of hearkening back to the days of Nolan Ryan, whose warm-up music, by the way, would you believe, was Kiki D and Elton John. Don't go breaking my heart. That is a a real upset, in in my opinion. But a guy that had 5,714 strikeouts, all-time record, 27 Major League seasons. That's an all-time record. Seven no-hitters. That's a record three more than Koufax. Three teams retired his number. Shows you he he's certainly did something right. All right, that'll do it. As the Red Sox pack it up and get out of Tampa St. Pete, they lose the season series 12-7. to seven. They lose the game 7-4 in front of very few people, but one amazing Mookie Betts throw. This is Josh Lewin. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll have a few more of these before the season is done. We like to call it Sox Daily. Bye-bye.